great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number three. My name is Adam. With me, as always, the talented Mr. Kevin. Today, we are going to be talking about some of the movies we saw this week, checking in with Ryan to see what we made him watch in everyone's favorite segment called Ryan Watches a Movie. And we have a ton of terrible news to cover in a segment we like to call Not the Bees. Now, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about or you just want to mention your comments on the air, just uh, send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net or give us a call on our voicemail line at 206-337-9263. Now, Kevin, let's uh, start with you today. What is the first movie you want to talk about? Uh, Well, I actually just got back from Baltimore. I just saw a separation. Okay, that's uh, nominated for Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars, right? Yes, yes. And uh, Iranian, right? Mm-hmm. This is the first Iranian movie I've seen that was not done by Kuristami. And yeah, I didn't get a chance to see this. It looks really good, though. Yes, well-deserved uh, Oscar nomination there. Which makes me wish that they would just that there would be a award ceremony that was just all movies that mm-hmm. we, we didn't have foreign sections it was just everything yeah i would really enjoy that because this is definitely better than i would say every single best picture nominee except for maybe yeah. the artist i, I th- think that is a shame that they do that like why can't they just why do they have to give foreign films you know, a specific category and have it limited to five. Because I saw a lot of great foreign films this year. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's understandable, I guess, back when it started. You know, maybe a lot of these countries didn't really have blossoming cinemas. But, mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much every... I've only seen a couple Iranian films, like I said, but every single one I did see, I thoroughly enjoyed um, I don't know if you know this, but do with the foreign language is it just foreign language film? So, like, if for instance, because I think last year, um, um, the Australian film, what was the oh, God. Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom? Yeah, didn't that get nominated last year? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, well, I think I, it did. I thought it was odd that. Uh... With the Golden Globes this year, there was a a U.S. movie in the foreign language. Oh yeah, Angelina Jolie's. Yeah, yeah. Which so like I'm wondering if it's supposed to just be foreign language or if you know because wouldn't Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy be considered a foreign film? Technically, yes. Because it got nominated for all those the BAFTAs, and I'm pretty sure that with the BAFTAs, they try to stick with. British made films, yeah. right? Yeah. Animal Kingdom was not nominated. I could have sworn it was. Maybe just, um, it was just what's her name yeah. was up for best actress or whatever. Yeah, Jackie or Weaver. For, Jackie Weaver. For supporting, supporting actress. So, uh, a separation, what would you give it out of 10? I would give it an 8. It was, uh, it's 
Well, real quick, the, the synopsis on IMDb says a married couple are faced with a difficult decision to improve the life of their child by moving to another country or to stay in Iran and look after a deteriorating parent who has Alzheimer's, which is very broad. The film well, actually, because yeah. that's what I thought the film was about, but it's there's a lot more to that to it than that. There's uh, the husband's uh, <clears throat> accused of murder and all sorts of other things. But uh, very good movie. Very well well made. Uh, the writing was phenomenal. Just great acting all around. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out. Um, first movie I want to talk about is uh, <laughs> Safe House. Directed by Daniel Espinosa. Mm. Uh, when you watch it, you would think, oh, this is directed by Tony Scott. But no, it's not. Um, it stars Denzel Washington, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen plenty of trailers for this one. Uh, basically, Ryan Reynolds plays a CIA agent who is charged with taking care of a safe house and just sitting there waiting for people to come in. And Denzel Washington comes in as a very uh, high-profile, traitorous uh, ex-CIA agent. What? What? Wait, 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 wait. Denzel Washington plays an agent of some kind? And that's just one thing that's terrible about this film. It's Denzel Washington playing the same character that he plays in every movie since Training Day. Mm -hmm. And it's such a shame because he's such a great um, actor and I don't understand why he keeps getting into these roles where it's essentially just the same character over and over again. Yes. Um, Ryan Reynolds does a pretty good job. Uh, He doesn't have all like the normal quips that he does in films, you know, with his kind of goofy humor. Uh, It's more like buried where he plays more of a serious role yeah but that's kind of neither here nor there i mean the the film itself is just complete mediocrity (laughs) like it is the most bland uh film the action scenes are completely incomprehensible you can't tell what the hell's going on throughout the, the fight scenes you don't know who's getting killed who's getting punched um it's filmed very much like a tony scott movie where it's super grainy and gritty and like that kind of desaturated type look to it yeah um i gave this a four and a half out of ten uh just completely dull and definite pass definitely pass yeah i have to say that i'm glad you watched that because well i'm not glad (laughs) but there was no way i was ever going to watch that movie Anytime I see a trailer where it pops up that Denzel Washington is playing an agent or a police officer or in some capacity of Mm -hmm. law enforcement of some kind, no, no, I'm not watching it. Yeah, it was just, and it was so predictable, like, there was this kind of twist at the end, but, I mean, everybody saw it coming from the very beginning, it was... Just just not very good. I mean, I wouldn't say I hated it. I mean, but it was pretty terrible as far as 
there was no originality with it. It seems like it's going to be one of those movies that 10 years from now, you're going to completely forget that you saw it. Yeah. No, I'm going to forget it probably by the end of the year. <laughs> I'll forget it. It's so forgettable. Um, <laughs> that's just, that's all I have to say about that. Completely forgettable. Don't see it. Was it better than This Means War? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Um, that was the, that was the next movie I wanted to talk about. Uh, I want to, I want to say that I think it's just a little bit better just because the director has an actual name. Yeah. Um, this means war directed by Mick G. It's the rom-com, uh, that's with Reese Witherspoon, Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. I like all three of those actors. Um, especially Tom Hardy. I really like Tom Hardy, but this was a complete, pile of garbage from start to finish it was just just so bad in so many ways terrible story everything was cliched uh, of course just, it was and i also yeah, just, i also like to um side note i like to pronounce the director's name as mcgu yeah mcgu mcgu he doesn't have any vowels in his name no. whatsoever uh he's also the guy who did charlie's angels full throttle uh, I think he did a bunch of other crappy movies. <laughs> where did where does he get the audacity to have a name that's not a name? I don't know. If you want to read more about what I thought of This Means War, you can go to the site and read the full review on that end, Safe House. Uh, I get into a lot more detail about how much I hated both of those films in the review. <laughs> so check those out. It's his... His actual name is McGinty. McGinty, that's his name? Joseph McGinty Nickel. I mean, why couldn't he just, you know, have his normal name? Because he's too cool for that. He's not that special. No, he's Charlie's cool. Angels full throttle, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but he did do a video documentary of Cypress Hill, so. <laughs> well, then I guess he's... And then I guess he's cool. And corn. Uh, corn. So what else did you see this week? Well, uh, you you mentioned Tom Hardy, and mm-hmm. I saw Warrior because I you know hearing a lot about it. And number one reason I wanted to see it is because Nick Nolte was nominated for an Oscar. Yep. And I thought I had to see I had to see this movie, you know. And I have to say that uh, Nick Nolte does give a really good performance as a recovering alcoholic. Um, Tom Hardy and I think it's Joel Edgerton. Yeah, Joel Edgerton from, he's actually from Animal Kingdom. Um, they play two estranged brothers who end up meeting up in this huge mixed martial arts tournament winner take all with the purse being like $5 million. And the funny thing about this movie is the fight scenes are pretty cool. I'll give you that. Tom Hardy looks like a complete animal. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous how Bronson style. Yeah, like the the muscles on the neck, those things. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe people can actually make those. But in all the fight scenes, Tom Hardy destroys everyone. I mean, one punch, they're done for. And then he mm-hmm. just storms out of the cage and walks back to his dressing room. And I can't go into it further because I will ruin the movie for anyone that wants to watch it. But 
the ending is just ridiculous. And I'm sure you can sort of guess what the ending is. I mean, it's two estranged brothers, and they're in a tournament fighting. Their dad's Mm -hmm. a recovering alcoholic. Terrible childhood. All that. All that stuff. Well... Yeah, I heard that Nick Nolte did do a really good job. I don't think he's going to win, unfortunately, because of uh, Christopher Plummer. I think that's pretty much a lock. Yeah, which that, but which I also saw that yesterday in Beginners. Oh, Beginners. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't get a chance to see that yet either. And uh, another thing, with how we were saying in the first podcast, you change it to ten movies, and you'll have nine this year. You couldn't think of one more. To me, Beginners was better than, I'd say, a handful of the movies that they nominated. Not to mention Tinker Tailor and all the other ones that we discussed already. Right, yeah, there was a lot. Uh, yeah, Beginners looks pretty good. That's with uh, Ewan McGregor, Christopher Plummer. Um, it's uh, partially autobiographical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, Mike Mills, the writer and director, I guess it's essentially a story of his dad actually did come out after his... Uh, his mother died and uh, came out, I guess, at the age of 75, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So it's... And, then he, and then he gets uh, diagnosed with cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, I mean, it's a sort of heavy film, but at the same time, it's sort of lighthearted, you know. Yeah, it does, it, it is considered kind of a comedy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The, the, my favorite part of the whole thing is that uh, the dog, the little mm-hmm. Jack Russell Terrier, talks to Ewan McGregor's character. They actually, <laughs> they talk back and Inverse. forth. Yeah. And uh, the dog is very wise. And it's mm. just, it's, it, was, it was a nice movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm going to definitely check that one out as well. Um, the only other movie I wanted to mention was uh, The Secret World of Arietti. Uh, I saw that this weekend as well. And um, I absolutely loved this. This was the Studio um, Ghibli film, which uh, is the, I guess, uh, what's his name? Miyazaki has a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. It's a division. It's like Disney's anime division, basically. They bring over these these, um, Japanese family films and this is the next one that they came out with it's based on the story of the borrowers uh that we all probably grew up with uh i rated this an eight and a half out of ten i absolutely loved it it was uh i didn't think i was gonna like it because i honestly am not a huge fan of the studio ghibli films really i'm really not i don't know i'm a huge fan see i'm not huge on anime um but Every now and then there'll be a series or a, a movie that comes out that I really, really like. But this was just, I mean, it knocked it out of the park for me. The amazing amount of detail in this hand-drawn animation, I mean, it, it blew my mind. That's, it was just that's the, phenomenal. That's the main reason that I love these guys, because they do old-school hand-drawn animation, mm-hmm. which I just absolutely love. Oh, it was just... If for no other reason, it should be seen for that. I mean, it was just... The story was good. It was a very, you know, traditional, like, family-type story. But it, it did have some some deeper um, themes in it that adults could certainly 
relate to, but uh, the the visuals were just so incredible. Like I was just very impressed with that. So. I didn't know that for that movie they actually have, you know, they do different. They have people come in and do voiceovers for the U.S. version. Yeah, of course, like yeah, that's Will Arnett's in it, uh, Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that they actually do. They get a different set of right. actors to do UK version. I, uh-huh. I did Mark not Strong. Know that. Uh, the in the UK version, it's Mark Strong, and uh, the girl is. Uh, I always get her name wrong, but it's like Sorce Rona or something like that. She was in Hannah. Yeah. And um, Olivia Coleman is in it. Yeah, Olivia Coleman, <laughs> and uh, in the U.S. one, Carol Burnett's in it. And uh, so basically, there's three different versions. There's the Japanese one, the U.K. one, and the U.S. one. I think, as far as the actual film goes, it's all the same. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know why they do that. I think when that uh, a lot a lot of those Disney films, they make two different versions. Like um, you know, all the Disney nature documentaries that they come out with, like March of the Penguins, mm-hmm. and they get multiple narrators for those too. Hmm. I guess it's people feel more comfortable hearing. Yeah, I guess their own language. Which, yeah, because I mean, this movie would never make it if they brought it over and you had to read English subtitles. Oh God, no! No, see. Oh God, no! See the 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 thing that surprised me was they actually kept most of the names the same. They didn't like make them ridiculous like u.s names they actually kept most of the japanese names arthur they they changed a couple of them but yeah definitely recommend that clyde <laughs> is there uh anything else uh you want to talk about before we head over to uh ryan watches a movie uh i also saw the skin i live in loved it amazing movie and uh, again that should be best picture like that definitely beats everything that's nominated for best picture the cinematography yeah. was just unbelievable the acting the story I, I thought i knew what this movie was about well i was you I, have no idea till the end yeah that was crazy yep i i had no idea the twist in the end i was like what mm-hmm. like even after it happened i was still kind of confused <laughs> like wait a minute yeah um this is uh it reminded me a lot of uh Dogtooth. Mm. It had that same kind of uh very bizarre feel to it. Very very different. Uh it reminded me of an old movie called Eyes Without a Face. Oh yeah. An old uh, French movies French movie from uh I think it was 1960 or early yeah, 60 Yeah, early 60s. Yeah, it was it was well the plot definitely yeah similar yeah um do you have the plot synopsis there for the skin i live in yeah a brilliant plastic surgeon haunted by past tragedies creates a type of synthetic skin that withstands any kind of damage his guinea pig a mysterious and volatile woman who holds the key to his obsession yeah it doesn't really scratch the surface no. at all you're right it doesn't even come close um i think that's is, it, is that available on netflix uh, no, not the stream. Well, you you should definitely check out the skin I live in. Fantastic film. You have to read subtitles, oh. but 
It's, mm. <laughs> it's totally, totally worth it. Mm. Let's move on. Um, let's uh, go into our next segment, Ryan Watches a Movie. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh, no. Crawl. The little kids got naked and had lots of sex. Okay, Ryan, what movie did we have you watch this week? Should have been called Kill Yourself Poor Watching It. <laughs> what was Cause it? that's probably a better idea. You'd probably end up better off if you killed yourself. What was it really called? <laughs> it was called Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. This is the 1990 film directed by David Lynch. It was his fifth feature film. Got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the IMDb synopsis says... Young lovers Sailor and Lula run from the variety of weirdos that Lula's mom has hired to kill Sailor. It's a pretty weak synopsis. Um, We have the trailer here, so let's give a quick listen to the trailer. Awesome. This is Wild at Heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to see him ever. go the far end of the world for you, baby. A man can't ask for more than that. You move me, Sal. You really do. You want me to shoot Sailor in the brains with a gun? Uh-oh. No, we want you to shoot him somewhere else. Uh, now, before, um... I have you get into this, Ryan. I just want to go over the cast list. Uh, stars Nicolas Cage. Uh, Laura Dern plays Lula. Willem Dafoe's in it. Our friend Crispin Glover's in it. Diane Ladd. Isabella Rossellini. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. There's just a ton of uh, people in this. And I will say, uh, full disclosure, Kevin and I have seen this movie. Normally we try to pick movies that you haven't seen, Ryan, but... We did see this one, uh, although it was many years ago that I saw it, and I don't remember anything about it, except that it was crazy. Out of curiosity, what year did it come out? Not, uh, 1990. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so why don't you tell us about Wild at Heart? I think he disappeared. I don't, I don't huh? really know where to start. It was just, it was weird and it was terrible and it was just a waste of time <laughs> and like there were I really wish that on these podcasts you had like some kind of visual aid so that you could see all the retorted <laughs> that because it's real but like at one point, they just show a toilet for like, <laughs> I don't know, I'd say 10 seconds. Just a toilet with water. <laughs> and that's it. It's like it doesn't pertain to the story at all. They just show a toilet. Now, um, that's, that's Nicholas Cage, he's 
dressed the entire time. I assume he's supposed to be some kind of Elvis-like character. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like Elvis. <laughs> because he sings, and it sort of sounds like Elvis. And he also wears a snakeskin jacket throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. True. He actually did do the singing. He did the actual uh, singing in the movie. That's what it kind of sounded like him, but it sort of sounded almost like. Um, this movie, I mean, it, alright, let me break it down for you like this. Please. This movie could have easily have not been made, and they could have taken a gun and killed the kid, the main character in the first place, and there would have, there would be no need for any sort of movie because it's basically the movie tells a story (laughs) but the story doesn't pertain to what the outcome is okay I'm not sure if I follow yeah I don't quite get you there but have you ever seen any other David Lynch films Ryan like um Uh, uh, rings about him, man. Lost, he did Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive, uh, Blue Velvet, Elephant Man, Eraserhead, um, Twin Peaks. Remember the, the TV show Twin Peaks? Uh, he did that. Uh, well, <laughs> do, <laughs> do you have you not be allowed to make any movies? <laughs> he's a, he's a pretty also Nicholas Cage should not ever be able to make a movie. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? It's funny because dumb as f- I think How I think that uh, we'll hit an impasse here because I really like David Lynch and I really like Nicholas Cage, even though he does make some bad choices. I think they're always hilariously bad choices. Exactly. Always entertaining. The thing about him is, like, some of his acting is good, but when he makes a bad movie, it's real bad. And you would say you would put Wild at Heart in that category? Oh, yeah. (laughs) This movie, I've taken s*** that look better than this movie. What would you give it out of a 10? I would give it like a negative 5. <laughs> what it about this? It was ridiculous. What about this scene with Crispin Glover making a sandwich? Ah, uh, that, that didn't see. Some things didn't bother me as much as. Like, there is a scene where. They, there's this chick that is apparently friends with Nicholas Gage, and she was looking out for him, and I'm pretty sure it's Isabella Rosalina. Correct. But they, like, before their scene happens, there's a 20-second 
shot of just this little one-room house that they live in. Just, it's like a shot of the outside of the house. And mm-hmm. like, there's no point to that shot either. So you're not a fan of the, the long, static shots? No. Right? Don't you don't no. like that? <laughs> no. I don't, I don't know if that makes me dumb. But, I don't know, it's just terrible. I mean, it it's it all depends on the context for me. I mean, yeah. sometimes when I see, like, just these elongated static shots of just, you know, whatever, um, sometimes I get impatient with them. The Valhalla Rising comes to mind. I, there was a lot of, like, just long shots with like really nothing going on that although i didn't mind the movie i thought that some of those shots were kind of just too much i feel like that's like a time filler nothing else well for some Some directors for some directors i would say yes with david lynch the way that he makes films is that he's he's very meticulous about it so uh, I'm sure that every shot was planned out. And, I mean, this this movie's 125 minutes. So, I mean, they definitely weren't short on time with it. It's over two hours long. Yeah. So. The, the only good thing that I can say about this movie is Laura Dern looked real hot when she was younger. <laughs> I, I have to say that with this movie, I hate Laura Dern. In this movie, so much. She's so annoying. Yes, she's yeah, terrible. Yeah. The when characters she cries are so cartoony. Mm-hmm. That's awful. She reminded me, uh, Juliette Lewis's character in Natural Born Killers really mm-hmm. reminds me of yes. Laura Dern yeah. in Wild at Heart. I, I mean, I find that those those two films are kind of uh, similar. Mm. Um, Diane Ladd was actually nominated for an Oscar in this movie. For, for this, playing, yeah, for this movie, for, for playing Laura Dern's mother. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And she was also Why? nominated because for Golden Globe. Painted her face with lipstick. Mm-hmm. Probably. Okay. And I do mean her entire face. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what did it. Mm. <laughs> It was uh, it was pretty violent too, right? I remember it being. It some... was yeah, I mean like, I just can't get over how dumb it was. Someone like, does trip and shoot themselves with a shotgun. Yeah, that was the one scene that like I really that kind of that I kind of remember about it. And Willem Dafoe probably playing the ugliest character I've ever seen in my life. And see, I like him normally, but uh, like in this, when he goes, when he get why, what <laughs> makes a big deal out of like you know, especially supposed to kill Nicholas Cage. Why not just kill him? Why take all the time to make everything else? Nothing else works. <laughs> Just kill him. Just to recap, uh, so Nicolas Cage is Sailor, Laura Dern's Lula, and they're uh, lovers on the run from Willem Dafoe, correct? 
who plays Bobby Peru. So, yeah. And he's he's a hitman that's hired by Laura Dern's uh, parents to kill Nicolas Cage, right? Well, I believe... <laughs> I believe that... Uh, and I didn't see any, like, video evidence, but I think... <laughs> uh, I think... Willem Dafoe killed her father as well. Because before all the events in the movie, her father was burned alive. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty yeah. sure or why, why I guess he wasn't burned alive. He was killed then burned. Mm. Okay. Killed then okay. burned. Okay. No video evidence though. <laughs> Absolutely none. <laughs> But this, I have to say that this movie did win the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival in 1990. Yeah, this, uh, of the three movies that we showed you so far, this is by far the most critically acclaimed one. Probably. Yeah, it wasn't like, it's not that I hated it because it was graphic or anything like that. It was stupid. I feel like I want. I feel like I want to show you nothing but David Lynch films now, just (laughs) just to like completely blow your mind. (laughs) Well, like Mm. David Lynch, he's pretty. uh, He's pretty like. I don't know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where you would probably know him from. Uh, They have a character that. that is like a parody of him on uh, the Cleveland show. He's the bartender. <laughs> That's probably... Watch this. Oh. <laughs> uh, That's right, they did do that. Yeah, and he's like a pretty big uh, character in that show. Uh, well, the good thing is uh, that I don't think you'll have to see too many more uh, David Lynch films because I'm pretty sure he's done directing. I think he's done making movies. It doesn't matter. We're still going to make you watch all the old ones. Everything. Oh, all he actually... Them. Actually, he is the voice. <laughs> I thought it was somebody pretending to be him, but it is actually him. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even better. I love mm-hmm. how in that show awesome. they they get Ariana Huffington and David Lynch to play these like minor characters. Fantastic. So that's a pass from Ryan on Wild at Heart. You would give it what? If we had to get, if you had to give a score, it'd be what? One out of ten? I uh, negative five. Two, I think he said negative five two, out of ten. Yeah, negative five. But realistically, probably two or three. Two or three out of ten. And we forgot to ask it you. Wasn't... We forgot to ask you last week what you'd give Crawl. Uh, <laughs> is this movie better this than Crawl? Probably around the same score. Wow. It's like a two I mean, or a three. These movies just... I don't know. I don't get them. Therefore, <laughs> I don't like them. Oh, the, that's... Dir- the director of Crawl is listening right now and going, Yes! Well, yes. I'll fight Same score as Wild at Heart by David Lynch. <laughs> yes. That's a way put that in the win column, guy who directed Crawl. Alright, well, I'll say this. Crawl gets to do Wild and Hard gets to three. Oh, okay. 
Uh, we gotta we gotta start making a list. I'm gonna start compiling a list of all your scores. So like at the end of the year or something, we can go back and look at your top films. But uh, apparently, I'm not gonna have any top films. <laughs> the top, <laughs> the top film, everything. The top film's gonna be like four out of ten. Okay. One of these one of these days, we're gonna find a diamond in the rough. That Ryan's gonna love. Yeah, like I think it's gonna be Journey too. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I'm gonna send you nothing but Nicolas Cage films for the next oh. ten weeks. Awesome. <laughs> I have oh, a feeling. Man. I have a feeling that we're gonna pick a movie that we think that you're gonna hate, and you're gonna be like, "Dude, that was the best. It was the best movie ever. I loved it." Oh, wow. I don't know what that is yet, but... I was invited tonight to go see Ghost Rider 2. Well, that... I don't know what to say about that. I haven't... My my excuse was I didn't see the first one. Little do they know, I actually did see the first one, and... It was a waste of time and money. <laughs> so I'm not doing it again. Well, uh, I think that wraps it up. Did you have any uh, last words about <laughs> Wild at Heart? <laughs> it's just, it's all, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone listening that all these scores are bad. Well, we but... expected you to score them badly. That's why we picked them. <laughs> uh, I just want to come off as a moron. I grabbed you... some sort of No, I have to say that this is my least favorite David Lynch film. What about Dune? Know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even count that as one, sorry. <laughs> that is pretty terrible as well. Or uh, the straight story. The, I enjoyed the straight story. The, the Jeep. That was certainly the a departure. Chart. Yes. Definitely yes. a departure from him. It was uh, the Elephant Man television territory yeah yeah all right well thanks uh for being on the show ryan we'll uh pick out a, a good one for you next week and hopefully you'll keep coming back <laughs> all right man you have a good one hang in there i just want to take a minute to talk about amazon we all know amazon we all shop at amazon so why don't you help out the podcast, help out the site by clicking through the Amazon banner on our site. All you got to do is go to filmpulse.net, click on the banner in the top right corner, and then just shop as you would normally, and you'll be helping out the show extremely. Uh, we also set up our own Amazon store where you can buy our favorite Blu-rays and DVDs, and we're going to be adding to that periodically once we get a nice list going, so should definitely check that out and buy some movies for yourself. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife actually have a term, and it's called Amazoning. Yeah, there you go. And we will, we will tell each other. We're going to say, hey, I'm going to Amazon. And then she knows that she probably won't see me for the next two hours. Mm-hmm. So. It's an experience. Mm -hmm. so, it's very nerve-wracking. Um, so... With Amazon, you have some really cheap... I mean, if you want to find a good place to get Blu-rays and DVDs, Amazon's the, the spot. 
Mm-hmm. You can get some great deals on a, like a lot of Criterion uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. So definitely check it out. Just go to filmpulse.net. There's a link at the top that says buy movies. Click on that and you can see our growing list of our favorites and definitely start buying those up. Definitely. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on, I think that uh, we'll go into our next segment here. It's called Not the Bees. This is where we discuss some of the worst movie news of the week, and we got a ton of it. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Not the bees. Oh, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love the call. Uh, I just love how it goes. <laughs> uh, where to? Where to start? There's, there's so much. There's so much shit came out this week. Tons. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. I guess uh, the first thing is they announced that they will be remaking the film Valley Girl. And as a side note, I think that there's, for some reason, there's a lot of Nicolas Cage references in, t- in this week's uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. I don't, it wasn't intentional. It just turned out that way. Yeah. Which, um, sorry. But Nicolas Cage is, he's an enigma. Oh, he's just, he's amazing. We have a clip of him that we're going to play in a little bit. But uh, Valley Girl is the 1983 film with... Um, Nicholas Cage and uh, who's the? I always forget the name of the uh, the female lead in that. Um, is it Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Daly? Yeah, is that her name. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, Elizabeth Daly, directed by Martha Coolidge. So they announced this week that that will be remade, and it will be a musical. And it will be directed by the guy that made the Fred movie. And now, oh. if, if you guys are unfamiliar with the Fred uh, phenomenon, I guess you could say, he's this kid who made the series of YouTube videos and got real big. And apparently they gave him a movie. And I think there might even be more than one movie. But here's just a little... A little uh, example of Fred. Hi, it's Fred! And it's really nice out, so I think I'm going to go swimming later. Yeah, and that's all I'm going to play, because <laughs> if that goes on, it's like that for like three minutes. So Yes, this it, is a kid that essentially got famous for being able to do an odd voice. Thank you, yeah. YouTube and society. Whoa. So, Valley Girl. Well, uh, the small thing that I want to add about the fred movie the best part about fred the movie actual title is that the r in fred is backwards oh yeah yeah backwards r because mm-hmm. he's he's wacky he's just a wacky character so wacky like 2.1 rating wacky wacky that's yeah. how wacky I don't think that they have, uh, other than the director, I don't think that they have any cast lineup for Valley Girl just yet. Uh, they? Hopefully they never do. Yeah, well, hopefully it's one of those that'll just fizzle out. Oh, God, I hope so. That would be. Uh, one movie that's not going to fizzle out, though, is Transformers 4, which was announced this week. Um, Michael Bay 
basically said that yes transformers 4 is happening they're working on it right now and it's going to be a reboot of the transformers and that is my cue to start drinking so i don't know why it's necessary to make a reboot of a movie that just had its third entry last year because Um, people are clamoring for it i mean i think that generally speaking transformers 2 and 3 were not well received they were horrible um i saw both of them and i hated each one more than the last and i guess maybe he's thinking like oh well we completely uh ran this franchise into the ground so let's start over and do it again yeah and uh josh demille was interviewed this week and he stated that none of the original cast is going to be returning for transformers 4 so well that's good at least i don't have to see shia labeouf anymore did you hear that there was a rumor that, w- that was going around for a while that he uh, lost an arm or lost his hand in a motorcycle accident? Really? It's it, I don't think it's true at all, but mm. that was like one of those weird internet rumors. Like, uh, I think there was one going around that like Chris Rock died or something. Wow. Well, I just love those little Shia LaBeouf. If you're out there, email us and let us know if you actually lost your hand or not. We're yeah. we're interested to know. And I, I, so I'm interested <laughs> if he's still trying to make that uh, caged uh, biopic. Probably not. Probably not. I think we probably would have heard a little bit more about that. Yeah, especially with losing your hand now. Yeah, he's got bigger yeah. things, bigger problems to tackle. Um, we also have uh, Twisted Metal. The video game uh, was announced that there is a film adaptation. Well, that's absolutely genius because what that was popular fourteen years ago, probably. Probably, I think uh, Twisted Metal was really big when we were in like ninth grade, probably. Yeah. Wait, what's next, Jet Moto? Are they going to Are they going to do a Jet Moto film? <laughs> Hydro Thunder, uh, the arcade version, the movie. Yes. Uh, Twisted Metal is being directed by Brian Taylor, who you may know. From uh, Ghost Rider 2 recently. <laughs> he also did Crank, Crank 2, and Gamer. Mm. So, I I do have a confession. I did like Crank and Crank 2. I did, I did think that they were completely over the top and just ridiculous fun. But I don't think Twisted Metal is going to be very good, considering the fact that the video game had... No discernible plot line to speak no. of other than weird people in cars trying to blow each other up for no reason. I hope that in the movie, like when a car blows up and the person dies, that they're just dropped back down somewhere <laughs> yeah. else in the area, flashing. And then they just. I'm sure that they're going to have like crazy power ups too. <laughs> yeah, and then the movie never ends. It's essentially the cut's going to be probably like six months like a six-month cut of a movie that you just have to watch for six months straight because no one ever does. I, I have a feeling that it's going to look <laughs> a lot like the Death Race remake yeah. with, with uh, Jason Statham. I think that it's going to have that look to it, and I'm sure it's going to be just a nightmare of a film. We also, let's go ahead and get this uh, Nicolas Cage clip going. He was interviewed this week on an internet uh, talk uh, movie site, 
and he's had some very interesting things to say. This is in regards to when they were filming uh, Ghost Rider 2. So let's give this a quick listen. I've been told that um, all actors really hail from the early medicine men and the, and the shamans in the villages pre-Christianity where they would put on masks and, and act out and, and really would, they were probably pretty crazy, but they would go in and find answers to questions. Today you're called psychotic if you do that, yeah. but it's all, it's all mm -hmm. uh, semantics. So what I would do is I'd put on Afro-Caribbean paint, like a white and black paint, and black out my eyes, so I look like this sort of Afro-Caribbean voodoo icon. And then I would sew in bits of uh, Egyptian artifacts that were thousands of years old into my costume <laughs> and gather some onyx or tourmaline or something that was meant to have onyx. vibrations. And who knows if it works or doesn't, <laughs> but for me it was an idea of like trying to stimulate my, my mind or trick my mind into believing. So that was... That was Nicolas Cage uh, being awesome. Yes. Uh, basically, I think what he was saying was uh, he was trying to say in a non-racist way that he was putting on blackface. Essentially. I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying. And he was running around scaring the <laughs> cast and crew. Yes. And uh, also, you know, sewing in bits of <clears throat> ancient Egyptian artifacts. Thousands of years old. Mm. I, I do like Nicolas Cage. I think he's a great actor. I think he's just kind of eccentric. Well, it does. But... It needs to be said that if you are going to do this, you cannot do it half-assed. You can't be no. sewing in ancient Egyptian artifacts that are only, you know, maybe 900 years well, old. Replicas. Yeah, you you got to do it right. And I think that's what he was trying to get across. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, go big or go home. Exactly. That's Cage's motto. Exactly. Go big or go <clears> home. <throat> the IRS makes you do some funny things. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did. He was having problems with that, wasn't he? He was. Maybe that's why he's doing so many like weird. I think so. Movies. I think so. Just. He's just doing whatever. He needs. I don't he know. He needs money. He needs it. The thing is, like, he'll come out with like three or four bad movies and then I'll be like oh yeah I guess he really is you know on his way out he's really losing it but then like he'll come out with a movie that's good like I liked the Bad Lieutenant remake and I loved Kick-Ass and so like every time one of those comes out I'm like oh well there we go he's redeemed himself yeah well and he was he was hilarious and kick-ass. It seems like his stretch of bad movies is getting longer at each each turn. You know, it used to yeah. be it would be like two or three, and then he would do a good movie, and then like two or three bad ones, and they'd do a good one. Now it seems like he'll do bad movies for like a year or two, and yeah. then he'll come out with a good one. Well, the thing to remember with him is like he he never did like all amazing movies mm, like no. from the beginning of his career he it was always kind of spotty i mean he'd always have like you know for every leaving las vegas there's you know something else that that was completely panned by critics yeah like valley girl like valley girl right. actually that got an 83 percent on rotten tomatoes are you so. serious that's why i don't yeah. uh ever go to rotten tomatoes yeah that got an 83 percent um wow People liked odd things back then. 
Well, they, like, what I'm wondering is, I mean, Valley Girl obviously wasn't, or Rotten Tomatoes wasn't around when Valley Girl came out. Yeah. So, how do they have such a definitive percentage on a movie that came out yeah, they, in 1983? Probably just print reviews and stuff. But I'm sure there, you know, there definitely wasn't as many uh, critics as there was back, or there is now. I think that it's a lot of uh, critics that go back and review like those older movies, and see that's the thing. I mean, you can watch a movie that's a lot older, like um, like The Big Lebowski, for example. I'm sure I don't know what the score is on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm sure it's a very high score. But if you remember when that movie came out everybody hated it yeah like critics were just i mean they just ripped it to shreds and then all of a sudden it, it becomes you know this cult classic and then you know group think <laughs> starts coming into play and then critics start which, piling on top of each other which it reminds me of something that we talked about this before with the oscars and stuff uh, a couple of years ago matt damon came out and he said that he thinks the Oscars should be when they're like essentially he said like this year's Oscars should actually be voting for ten years ago. The movies of mm-hmm. ten years ago. So that might be uh maybe we should maybe uh revisit that, maybe do that. Go back to I guess it would be the two thousand and one Oscars. Yeah. And see if the movies that actually won and the performances that won, if they've actually stood the test of time. I mean, it's only 10 years, but, like, I can pretty much guarantee, what, what was it, the last year or the year before when Sandra Bullock won for The Blind Side? That was, I think that was last yeah. year. Yeah, what, it, really, for a movie that's probably going to be playing on the Lifetime channel in less <laughs> than a year? Give me a break. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of movies that I think were like that. A lot of um, Academy Award winners. I mean, like uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. for Jerry Maguire. You know, even like the like the big ones like that. Like, what did he do after Jerry Maguire? Snow Dogs. Snow Dogs 2. Was he in Snow Dogs yeah. 2? I hope he was. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, at the same time, I hope he wasn't. I feel sad for him. But... Yeah, so it's like... Yeah, I'm... You know... I'm starting to realize that... Well, I've realized a long time ago that the Academy essentially just hands out awards for sap. Oh, yeah. Sappiness. Oh, yeah. Like the year that that, uh, that, that Crash won for, like, everything. Oh, my God. Which, <laughs> I was so... I was like, what? Which, again, what the f- is again this? brings me back to I wish they would just have an award ceremony for everything because Crash is just essentially an, a ripoff of... Every movie by the director that made uh, 21 Grams, Beautiful, Amores Paris, mm-hmm. they just essentially stole what he does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we could probably talk all day about how the Academy makes terrible decisions, and I'm sure that uh, we'll be talking about it this year after the Oscars, Oh, too. yeah, we will. But, like, right now, let's talk about something even better. John Carter. John Carter. So, Disney's John Carter has a sequel in the works already. It's called John Carter, Gods of Mars. Uh, this is the next in the, the book series. Um, Disney has not greenlit the film yet for obvious reasons. They want to see how the first one does. But 
um, I read that it ends on a cliffhanger, the second one. So if the second one gets made, we will definitely expect a third one <sighs> and maybe a fourth one and, and so on yeah, and so forth. Knowing the way Disney does things, it'll be probably, they'll probably order like 30 movies. John, yeah. There will be a John Carter TV show. Yeah, it'll be on like there'll be like an animated one on the Disney Channel yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, this movie looks so bad to me. I don't understand why anybody's excited for it. Um, I mean, I can. I'm not excited for the Hunger Games, and that's a big one. But with the Hunger Games, I can see it more than John yeah, Carter. You can understand. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about the Hunger Games. It looks like it might be good but with john carter i see it and it looks like a cross between avatar and prince of persia to me and and then just like to fold in a huge pile of into that recipe and that's what yeah because it has to be the worst trailer i've ever seen in my life it looks so oh, bad. god the, the trailer is so terrible like the the cg in it doesn't even look good to me like nothing, there's nothing appealing about that film yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm sick of them making movies that are like, oh, on the, the hit series of books. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, it's on the hit series. And it's like, I've never even heard of those books. And like, how can you say it's a, based on the hit series of books? Like, from what I read, like, uh, they did that with Hunger Games or like the hit series. Like... Apparently, when they had the movie made, like, the first book wasn't even, it was barely out. It wasn't a hit. So it's like, I hate how they do that. Yeah, it's sort of like, probably like cross-promotion type. Yeah, they're trying, I think since the Harry Potter and um, Lord of the Rings series have ended, they're, I think every studio, every big studio is clamoring to try to find that next series that's going to basically uh carry them financially through the next decade yeah. because i i read that harry potter has now made over a billion dollars yeah. so well it's like yeah i mean yacht season's coming up so yeah you gotta you gotta find those movies and i think that it's it's scary for big studios to not have like those flagship titles mm -hmm. So I think they're always going to be looking for the next thing. And the, the thing, I think it's funny when you see a series that doesn't work and then you just never see them finish it. Yes. And the, the other thing is, uh, what do they do if they can't find those big ones? They reboot something else. Like upcoming two Zorro movies. Two Zorro reboots, yeah. That's two. And the... I don't think that they have um, details on the one that uh, Sony is Sony's making, but I think the Fox one is the one that got cast by um, what's his name uh, Garcia, right? Yes. And this has me. I don't know what to say about this. It sounds like the worst idea ever. It's a Zorro that takes place in a post-apocalyptic future. Mm-hmm. I think it's natural the, progression it's just the worst idea natural. ever but i do i do like um that actor i like him a lot 
Yeah. I like the Motorcycle Diaries. I like the Maurice Peros. Yeah, I do. I think he's a really good actor. I do enjoy, what is it, uh, Gil Garcia Bernal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I have it. no that's idea it. how to pronounce Spanish names, so apologies. No. Well, I, I think that that's... Uh, Just so awful, because you know there's going to be probably two other ones. It always seems like one studio comes out with an idea, and then it was the same thing with the this the whole Snow White thing. One studio oh, comes yeah. out, and then another studio is doing a Snow White movie, and then another one's doing it. It's just come up with your own ideas. Yeah, there's uh, three. Ridiculous. There's three Snow White, three Snow White movies coming out now. Um, I think two of them are coming out right around the same time, and I think there's another one that might actually be a Disney one that's coming out later. Yeah. But they they seem to do that like every year. Every year there's something where there's like two two very similar movies. Like we had The Prestige and The Illusionist that came out at the same time. And although when you see those movies, they're quite different. Yeah. It's still about magic. So I don't know how that always seems to happen. But two, two Zorro movies I think is just too similar. Like... That's just people are going to be confused. They're not going to know what the hell's going on. Just I guess depending on when they come out. Yeah. Just so. please don't watch them. If you're listening, yeah. do not go out and watch these movies because I don't want to see any more Zora movies ever. I, I Zora is not even that cool. No, like, it's not. There's the reason people well, forgot about Zora. Doesn't he use like, he use like a fencing sword, like fencing, yep. uh, like what's it yeah. called a scepter? Yeah, or something. Who knows? Who cares? I don't care. Just come up with something new. Why are you taking things from like the 50s? People don't care about Zorro. And here's my advice to moviegoers. If you stop going to see these movies, they'll stop making them. If you don't go see Transformers 4, we won't have to suffer through Transformers 5. (sighs) Just, Just don't go see them. I mean... There's we should make a a series of PSAs begging people not yeah. to go see Transformers 4. I think we might actually yeah, we... do that. We're going to look into that. A whole campaign. Mm-hmm. We'll uh yeah, yeah. We'll get some banner ads going and start bumper stickers. Them out yeah. Other... Bump, yeah. Bumper st- yeah, we're we're going to take out advertisements. I just oh, God. which brings me back to shop at Amazon. Yes. Do it. Go to go to filmpulse.net doesn't take any time at all just go to filmpulse.net click on the amazon banner buy some stuff you'll be helping out the show it doesn't cost you anything plus nothing plus helping out trying to destroy transformers 4 yes it's going to be a we're going to launch a full-blown campaign to stop transformers 4 and we need your help i think that wraps it up for this week indeed Uh, tune in next week when we go over some more news um and we will have ryan back with us going over another movie as always you can email us at podcast at filmpulse.net give us a call at 206-337-9263 or uh, send us some comments let us know what you think on the site at filmpulse.net that does it for me my name is adam my name is kevin and we will see you next week